Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, and it's the Analyst Inside Cricket looking ahead to the exciting test series, the five test series between India and England, which starts on August the 1st at Edgbaston. Simon Mann and me together just to, to chat through the various possibilities and the selections that we've seen. Obviously, the controversy around the, the call up of Adil Rashid. We've also got Stuart Brawl talking about the series and the England plans for one or two of the Indian batsmen and also how he's learned or what he's learned from his spell commentating instead of playing over the last month. But first, and now Simon, you're You've got a, a sort of view about the uh, the Adil Rashid selection, haven't you? I, I think we might have differences of opinion here. Well, firstly, Simon, should he have been picked? Do you think he should have been picked for this test match? No. Why? For two reasons. Firstly, he was given the opportunity to play for Yorkshire in four-day cricket, and he declined. Uh, he even had the opportunity to play in the Roses match knowing that he would be selected for England and he declined to take that opportunity. And I can't understand why you wouldn't take the opportunity, having not played any red ball cricket for seven, eight months, to have the chance to to play in a match uh, and and play in it to, to get ready for the test match. And that's one part of it. So I think it's a sort of principal thing initially. But I also think I worry about him bowling in test cricket. He hasn't got a great record overall. He's played all his tests abroad. And I know he's taken a few wickets, but they've been quite expensive. Uh, His four-day record for Yorkshire over the last two years isn't particularly good. He's averaging 37 with the ball, 42 wickets in two years. And I I just worry that the, the skills involved in playing white ball cricket for him, which are lots of variations, men on the boundary, batsmen primarily trying to get after him, and him just going through his variations and getting wickets by obviously good control, but also the licence in a way of knowing that if you go for boundaries, it doesn't really matter very much, and you can mix up your deliveries because batsmen are looking to go for you most of the time. So in a way, that the more variation the more different balls you bowl in and over the better in one day cricket in test cricket it's just totally different you've got to try and apply pressure you've got to try and bowl the same ball four or five times out of six you've got men round the bat you haven't got four men on the boundary and the team is relying on you especially if you're the only spinner to keep an end tidy 
tight while faster bowlers are rotating from the other end, often early in a test match, and then take wickets by being accurate later in a test match, you know, when the pitch is turning. So from a principal point of view and a performance point of view, I worry about his impact and I just don't think he's up to it. What about your view? I, well, I sympathise with your view on the second point. Uh, clearly, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him this week, a lot of pressure, a lot of focus. What I would say, he has played 115 times for England in the three forms of the game, and he's 30 years of age now. You know, He's a relatively mature cricketer. On the first point, I think what I would say is that there's a missing piece to the jigsaw we don't know, and I don't think anybody really knows, well, some people do, really inside the situation, those at Yorkshire and, and Rashid himself and his advisers, what is going on in his relationship with Yorkshire. Uh, Jason Gillespie wrote a piece in The Guardian the other day saying, you know, we need to be given the full picture, and I agree with that. And I think without the full picture, it's, it's really hard to comment on that, why he didn't take the opportunity to play for Yorkshire in the Roses match. I mean, clearly he is going to play county cricket next year. What I would say is I have no problem with Rashid being picked. I don't see it as a slap in the face for county cricket. It's a unique situation. It's a hot, dry summer. Expectations of of spinning pitches. Rashid is confident. He bowled well in the one-day internationals. He's not the perfect answer, but there isn't one. But he's the strongest possible solution. You know, look at the other options. Dominic Bess first-class cricket since Headingley. You know, very talented young cricketer. He's only 20 years of age. First-class cricket since Headingley. Ten wickets at 42. Okay, did dismiss Rahane and and Pant at Worcester. Went for five and over. Jack Leach, six first-class wickets this season, and he's been injured. The reason I would pick Rashid is because it's a unique situation, and I think Ed Smith has has recognised that, and I back that decision I think it's I think it's a it's a brave decision it does come with risks of course it does for the reasons you outlined the, the fact that you know Rashid has has struggled a bit in, in red ball cricket what I would say is that there have been times in red ball cricket in his test debut for example where he came back in Abu Dhabi naught for 163 in the first innings five for 64 in the second innings I, I think it's it's worth the gamble well it's a very persuasive argument uh, I would just rather have, have had someone who is currently playing in four-day cricket. I mean, I watched Jack Leach bowl uh, at Worcester in the Lions game. I also watched a bit of Dominic Bess in that game. I thought Leach looked fine, actually, and fairly consistent. I thought Bess actually was treated with quite a bit of respect by the Indian batsman. This is the Indian A batsman, obviously. Uh, then he didn't get picked for Somerset, ironically, in the, the championship after that, which was a crazy decision. And he went and got 185 in the, in the second 11. So it, it's been a sort of rather bizarre week. And I know what you're saying about it being a strange situation, and that's why Ed Smith went with the, the choice of Rashid. But I, it, the mindset required to bowl tightly at these Indian batsmen as a spinner... Uh, when you've come off playing white ball cricket for the last eight months, I just think he's really tough. And, and, and actually, for me, the deciding factor 
would have been that he's decided he didn't want to play in that four-day game for Yorkshire in the Roses match. And I think that was that, that for me, would have made my mind up. Right, if he's not prepared to play in that, I'm not picking him because he just isn't showing any commitment. And, I, you know, what what is the background to that? Well, the background to that is that he uh, originally decided... I, I, I mean, Yorkshire are, are annoyed with him ever since he decided not to play in that deciding match of the 2016 Championship season at Lords. Mm which was Yorkshire Middlesex, it was the deciding game. He elected not to play, saying he was mentally fatigued. Uh, I think he was poorly advised there. And, you know, ever since, he's sort of been fighting a losing battle with the Yorkshire public and the Yorkshire coaching staff and so on. Uh, he, he asked for this contract this year to be white ball only. So it's just kind of, I've, taken my, I've got my bat, I'm taking it home with me. I just think it's all a bit petty. And I think he's a good bowler, but... I just think he's got a bad attitude and uh, therefore I wouldn't pick him. Yeah, I don't think it's a perfect situation. It, it clearly isn't. And there's some you know, right and wrong on, on both sides. I, I, I do take a little bit of exception to this, this feeling that it's a slap in the face for, for county cricket. Or what's the point of playing county cricket if a player is going to be selected after playing no county cricket? Josh Butler didn't play county cricket at the start of the summer, but got in the England team based on the judgment of the selectors and performance in white ball cricket because he did well... In the IPL, okay, Joss Butler hasn't said oh, I'm not going to play county cricket. Yeah, well, that's the for difference. My county, as 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 Rashid, I, I I accept that. I just think it's a ga- I, well, you know, I've laid out my reasons. I think it's a gamble worth taking in a unique situation, and I would underline the word unique uh, because of the conditions, because of the fact that the Rashid has bowled well in one day international cricket I'm not saying it's not a gamble of course the pressure and the focus will be on him this week that's inevitable what would the well it's interesting what would the Indian batsmen prefer to be facing this week I wonder would they prefer to be facing Rashid or would they prefer to be facing Don Best or Jack Leach or or Moen Ali what do do you think Mm. about that Uh, that's a good question and probably the answer is I think they would feel confident against Rashid, knowing in their minds that he hasn't played any Red Bull cricket. So, you know, their intent will be, right, we'll we'll sit on him and make sure we put away his bad balls and put England under pressure. And, uh, you know, because one of the reasons he hasn't played much test cricket or any test cricket in England is, I think, because psychologically he has in the past been a little bit fragile in a test match. You know, the difference between one-day cricket and test cricket is massive for a bowler. A bowler in one-day cricket, you know, if you get whacked for a few falls, no, nobody notices. It doesn't really matter. And uh, you, you might pick up a wicket or two here and there with a miss hit, and suddenly you've got two for 60. That's, that's good figures in one-day cricket. In test cricket, you get go for a few fours, you get milk for ones and twos, you concede four or five and over, which he tends to have done in his test career. It's it's a weak link in the team. And you feel like, uh, as a bowler, that you're not really uh, contributing in a valuable way. So you feel fragile. And I think he's suffered from that in the past. And there's no guarantee he won't suffer from it again. But I do think that, like you, it's, it's an interesting selection. And I, I wish him well. You know, I hope he does well. I hope England do well. And I hope it works. But I've got my worries about it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is that if he doesn't do well, people say, oh, well, that was a poor decision. But then you, what you don't know is how well any other spinner i.e. Don Bess or, or Jack Leach, would have gone on in the match anyway. Uh, last yeah, time true. he played against India... 23 wickets at 37. He was by far and away England's most successful bowler in a series of little success. And that was against Indian batsman 
in their own backyard. Ten test matches. Mind you, played. I mean the the, the 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 pitches were pretty helpful to him, though, weren't they? Well, they they weren't that they weren't that helpful, and you're playing mm. against you know top class Indian. Batsmen. Anyway, that, I mean that's that's decent. Let, let's hope he can you know improve on that. I, I, I mean, just to go back to your original question, who would India? least like to face it probably is Rashid actually out of those I think Jack Leach will probably give England the best control uh, but maybe that they're not looking for that they've got bowlers of like Anderson and Broad who can give them the control what they need is wickets so Rashid certainly will will take wickets against the lower order players it's just how he fares if he's exposed to the players like uh, like Coley, etc. Um, m- great, great recall for Moen Ali, by the way, talking of spin. And he took eight wickets for Worcester in the last championship match he played and a few runs. And uh, it's been great to see him back. And, of course, he had a big impact on that India series here four years ago when they hadn't seen much of him and they didn't treat him with much respect. And he, he routed them at the Aegeus Bowl, Southampton. And uh, maybe there are signs from the one-day series that He's got a, a bit better rhythm in his bowling again. Yeah, the only thing I would say is, is how does he fit into the side? Because England have got 13 players selected in the squad and they're going to have to reduce that by two, obviously. Who who plays? I suppose a lot will depend on the surface. Uh, the, the hot weather has broken, so whether that will have an impact on the on the playing surface, I don't know. I mean, Edgbaston, we've seen some quite dry surfaces uh, mm. in, in recent years, it has been so hot and so dry. The fact that the weather has broken a bit and there's been some rain around, whether that'll make any difference or not. So it's not a straightforward selection when England come down to it yeah. on yeah. a Wednesday morning. What are they going to do? Um, you know, is it possible? Is it possible that they might go for say Moen over David Milan and who bats at four? I, su- I suspect not. I suspect Milan will will stay at four. But you you never quite know what's going to happen next with the way England have selected there teams and, and squads this summer you know Joss Butler was a sort of a bit of a rabbit out of the hat and, and, and Rashid as well because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on this podcast didn't we after the one day series we said yeah, you know yeah. It, it could Rashid be recalled and we thought it was unlikely but Ed Smith he's, he's gone along with it. the other point as well of course is that Joe Root has gone along with it as well because what well, Ed Smith said that it, it was a unanimous unanimous decision of the of the selection panel I mean presumably Root's had an you know will have had an impact uh, on that and, mm. and, and had his say mm. on it so so there we are, um, you know, hmm. Root, who in the past, it seems, has not been that keen on selecting Rashid, must be behind the decision as well, you'd think. And the, the other bowlers that, that will, could play, I, I guess, are uh, Chris Wokes didn't get the call, which I'm surprised at. And I know Stuart Broad, who we're going to hear from in a minute, he was keen on Chris Wokes being in the side. But that they've gone for Sam Curran, and we thought, watching him bowl in the Pakistan series, that he's obviously got enthusiasm and, and energy and you know sort of vitality. But does he have the pedigree to take wickets at Test level? He got some in the uh, the Lions game actually. He bowled out the the Indian A team in the second innings, and he got a few late all wickets. He's he, I think actually, if it's a dry pitch which scuffs up the ball. He might be quite effective reverse swinging it round the wicket. So uh, if it is a very dry, abrasive-looking pitch, I'm, I might be inclined to play Sam Curran rather than a Moen Alley who, you know, may have an effect but perhaps won't take a lot of wickets. What about the left arm over providing rough 
for the bowler bowling into the you know, the rough outside the right hand is off stump as well. I mean, that's a, a factor, isn't it? Yeah, except for, for mowing, you mean, sort of bowling, so mowing can land it, the ball into the, the rough outside the, the off stump. Well, yeah, that, that, is a, that is also a factor. I mean, Curran tends to go round the wicket quite a bit when the ball is older, but certainly over the wicket for, for his early overs will create some rough for, for Moen Ali, but could also create some rough for Ravi Ashwin, I suppose. Exactly, I mean, that's the other side of it as well. But England have got quite a lot of left-handers. India have got quite a lot of right-handers. So, you know, that, there's that aspect to it as well. It's quite, it's quite a ticklish um, mm. selection problem for the selectors. They've got it down to yeah. 13. Now they need to get it down to 11. Well, obviously, they'll obviously <laughs> do that on, on Wednesday morning and come up with something. It's Jamie Porter's in the squad as well. Do you see him as unlikely to play? Yeah, I, I do, really, because I, I think that he's accurate. I mean, I saw him bowl in the Lions game, and he bowled steadily. I just think he's too similar to Anderson in particular, and England needs something else, something a little bit different. Porter would be a very good replacement. If Anderson was injured, I'd, I'd put him straight in, because I think he's about the same pace. He's consistent line and length bowler, swings the ball a bit, you know, very, won't let England down. But I wouldn't play him and Anderson in the same game. So it seems to me as if it's just going to be a straight choice between Moen Ali and, and Sam Curran then with Porter yeah, definitely yeah. missing out. And then it's, it's Moen versus mm. Sam Curran depending on the, the pitch conditions that they find at Edgbaston this week. And uh, we'll all wait with bated breath to see what that is. Uh, the Indians, I suppose their selection's a little bit more uh, predictable in a way. They'll probably go back to their... Uh, traditional top four. Pujara, though, has been struggling for runs in the uh, Yorkshire team. So, I, I, I mean, I guess they'll play him because he's he's up there in the top five ranked ICC batsmen in Test cricket. So, I can't see them jettisoning him just yet. Coley will bat at four. And the man who will have the job of trying to prize Coley from the crease, well, one of the men, of course, is Stuart Broad. I, I caught up with him last week, actually, at an event, a, a sort of inner-city cricket event, and one of the things I talked about was he's had a bit of a funny summer because he played those first two tests against Pakistan and then really has been uh, roving around the media since then as a com- acting as a commentator for Sky on the one-day series and hasn't actually played much cricket. So the first thing I asked him was, had he learnt much from his job behind the microphone instead of being on the field? You watch it just as a complete fan in the commentary box, as an England cricket fan, really, but then try and portray... Um... Uh, quite a sound opinion, like not being too biased. Whereas you, it's quite stressful watching it in your own change room. You know, you can't relax. You're always thinking, "Oh, I can't lose a wicket here," or "We need, we need some boundaries." And what am I going to do when I get to the middle? So, it's uh, weirdly, it's quite, it's quite nice watching an England game um, without the nerves and, and stress of of uh, being in the change room. I suppose. Have you had much ribbing from players of comments that you've made, or anybody that? You irritated? No, not at all. Actually, I mean, I've um, it's it's great to see the the players on the on the field, you know, before the toss and that sort of thing. When you go out, um, have a quick catch up. I mean, I I've been quite conscious, I suppose, that I've had a great opportunity to do some TV work and learn from some of the best in the business. Um, but also, my number one job is a an England cricketer, and that's the. Um, that's something that obviously I would protect as a person. You know, I'm not I'm not there at the moment to to be critical of players and put them under pressure and um, and give them 
awkward things to think about. I'm there to give a um, a feeling and a know-how of what it's like mm. being in that England change room, how the players train, the positives and the, the attributes that they bring to to the team. And I know that role will change um, if I go into that sort of thing after I finish playing. But I think it, one thing I have noticed is actually how how much it can help having current England players in, in the box. It can help the team. You know, you, you realise the footage that is brought up and the conversations they have is actually to, be, to find interest and find good things to speak uh, to the viewing public about rather than a personal attack on a player. Mm. Uh, and I think when you're in the change room, you can sometimes view it differently um, and find it a bit of a personal attack. And it, it, it's never that. So uh, it's, it, I think it's a good thing that we've opened it up that England players can go into that side of the media because there's nothing to hide, there's nothing to be scared of, there's nothing to shut away. It's actually a learning experience and actually the closer that the team are to the media, the, the better they'll be for it. And in a way also, there's, there's always two sides to every story. So when a batsman loses his wicket, you could say, well, it was a bad shot, but there is a way of saying, well, actually, it was a great bit of bowling. And perhaps from a bowler's point of view, I feel actually that sometimes there aren't enough bowlers commentating who sort of see it from both sides. You know, they, they're the men who are trying to take the wickets and can often see a bowler's strategy making a batsman look as if he's played a bad shot when actually it's the bowler who's outwitted him. Yeah, and you can also comment, so a bowler might be struggling, but you can find reasons why that would be, you know, whether it's wind, whether it's footholes, it might be up the slope, might be yeah. you know, bowling somewhere like Lords can be really awkward at times and if you're not used to it you can seem like you're bowling short and wide where well, it's not there's a reason for that you know it's not because you've become a bad bowler overnight it's something's upsetting your rhythm so um, without sounding a bit batsman bowler sometimes batsmen don't quite understand that because uh, they've never had that experience but um, yeah I mean I, I think it's nice to have a, a bit of a blend in the, the commentary box when I'm listening um, at home I do like to hear different sides of the stories, different opinions um, and uh, have different expertise on batting and bowling because uh, I think just naturally, you know, if, for me, if Sean Pollock's on commentary, I want to listen to him about bowling you know, because I, I might learn something now. Um, so that's, uh, that, that's always been a bit of an interest of mine. How have you managed to keep going? I mean, I know you had that championship match the other day, but prior to that, how have you been able to, to keep match fit? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting summer for us. We'd, when we finished at Headingley, the Test match side, the Red Bull side, there was a few of us, like the Alistair Cooks and Jimmys, um, thinking, right, well, where are we, we going to get? Where are we going to yeah. get enough Red Bull cricket here? Yeah. Really, because actually, you look through July, there's been a one championship round. Cookie's not even had one. You know, he, Essex are playing India, so he played for the Lions. He played for the Lions, which obviously came after yeah. discussions. So. Um, it's been a different summer to to anything that we can remember and ever had to plan for. So it has been unique. You know, there might have been more time spent in nets other than match practice. But flip that round, there's also five test matches coming up in six weeks. So actually, the last thing we'd want to be doing is going in tired into this series or a little bit fatigued. You know, it's going to be 1st of August we kick off. Um, you could easily go into August tired as a fast bowler uh, or mentally tired as a batsman. Whereas we should have quite a fresh group coming into the Test Match squad which can build up the energy of the Roots, the Stokes, the 
um, the guys who have been playing consistently throughout this period who might just be feeling a little bit jaded. Um, so that's where the, the group switchovers can work quite well. Well, that's Stuart Broad there talking about the impact that the fresh players could have on the Test match side. And actually, it's an unusual situation, isn't it, where they haven't been playing for for a while and have been sort of hunting around for cricket. But actually, the, the, the good thing is that players like Anderson and Broad and Cook will be coming into this game physically and mentally fresh. Now, we'll hear some more from Stuart Broad after the break. Welcome back. And of course, Stuart Broad has had plenty of time to, to watch the Indian batsmen working for Sky on TV and getting the, the slow-mos of various dismissals in the one-day series. And so he's the perfect person, in a way, to apply or think of the plans that England will apply to the Indian batsmen in the Test Series. And, and one of the things I asked him was, what will their preparations be for the Indian batsmen? What we generally look to do, we have iPads around the changing room that uh, will look at strengths and weaknesses. I think it's important you don't just look at a batsman's weaknesses because you need to know in your mind where they score a lot of their runs, where they're looking for a delivery. You know, if someone's scoring 45% through cover point on the drive, you probably want to avoid bowling, uh, swinging half volleys where he can hit it through cover point on the drive. So we look at all the different aspects. Uh, we try and s- specify it slightly to, uh, we're not going to watch Virat Kohli getting out 10 times in India because the pitches might be different or it might be a completely different style of cricket. So um, we try and get information of... Uh, grounds I suppose nearer to home or nearer our conditions um, mm. and pick up information like that I mean again you look at someone like Cody from 2014 um, it, he's a very different player now so is it that in what way actually I mean obviously he's got the pedigree and the the stats but is he actually technically a different player I mean as I say I've not looked technically at him particularly yet we'll do that uh Monday and Tuesday I would have thought um, but he's obviously got the pedigree of going somewhere like South Africa and Australia and scoring runs um, which he'd probably class as the closest thing to, to English conditions um, but generally I mean g- general rule that you can think of a handful of players I've played against where your plans would be very different than bowling the top of off stump you know either run it back or take it away from the top of off stump with occasional bounces someone like Graham Smith might have been a bit different because he was uh, his technique was was unorthodox unorthodox Um, but generally uh, that that's your go-to plan the top of off stump um, nibbling it either way and for you as you say five tests in six weeks I suppose you'll just be very pleased in a way if you get through them well, obviously you want to win, but you want to get through them physically unscathed as well. Um, to be honest, I, I think it would be important for every bowler involved in this series that we don't look too far ahead because it looks quite daunting if you think um, the amount of overs you might bowl in this weather conditions, etc. I think we have to accept as a bowling group there might be a bit of rotation at some stage, you know, uh, not take that personally or offensive if you're left out of a test match. And it might but just be, look, you had a heavy workload, freshen up for the next one um, and I think we have to accept that because in my 115 or 17 test matches I've never played five in a shorter period I don't think um, so it, it's something a bit unique for us we don't quite know how that will react we have to play it by ear you know if we if we only bowl 
as a team 80 and 80 at Edgebaston, then your bowlers are going to be fine. But suddenly, if you're doing 240, it, it's a bit of a different kettle. So we have to we have to play it by ear slightly. One of the points to pick up from that Stuart Broad interview is the intensity of this test series that he's certainly not worried about, but certainly aware of. And actually, we looked at the, the breakdown of the tests and to see how many days there are in between games. And uh, there's three days between first and second test, four days between second and third test, seven days between the third test at Trent Bridge and the fourth test at the Aegeus Bowl, and then three days between the Aegeus Bowl, the fourth test and the Oval, starting on the 7th of September. So it's quite a reasonable spread of days between games, never less than three. And as a span of 42 days in all, it's not actually that much worse than Ash's series of recent times, which were, I think, over 44 days. So although it looks and sounds like a very, very pressurised, intense five tests in six and a half weeks, England have had some experience of that. They have. And last time they went to India, they played five test matches back to back as well and the, the Ashes series in the winter was, was not dissimilar so you know they have done this before but then of course you're, you're getting older as well you know those, those ageing bones Broad and, and Anderson Broad less so of course but he has had that, that time off to, to build up I mean, one, one issue of course is that both Broad and Anderson have been injured Anderson's been building up with his shoulder problem and Broad has had his ankle problem so you know that, that, that will have to be managed over the next few weeks and it might well be that we, we see the likes of Jamie Paul and Chris Wokes and we see England changing their bowling attack as the series goes on I mean the other factor of course is how many games these days go the full five days so it it could well be we're in for some short test matches especially if the ball is going to spin like a top with the the weather conditions that we've been having so it actually might be more than the the three four seven and three that we were talking about but yeah it it is going to be a really intense period of of cricket. Let's hope the weather holds for it. It'll be typical, isn't it? If we get to the test series and then the heavens open and, and you know we have lots of disruption due to, to rain and bad light as well. And bad light could be a factor later in the series. How do you think the series will go? And my, my hunch was before those last two one day internationals, I know you probably shouldn't look at one day internationals and tests, but I just sense that India had a real momentum in the, on their tour. They won the, the T20 series, they thrashed England at, at Trent Bridge, but England coming back a couple of times might just put a a few doubts in, in Indian minds. Very different, of course. But, I mean, the India team is number one in the world. I, I just got... I had a really strong feeling earlier in the summer that they were causing them lots of problems. Perhaps that, bit, that feeling is not quite as intense now. But I, I reckon they, this is an England side that's in flux in, in Test cricket. India are far more stable... They've got lots of options with, their, with the ball and they've got some cl- high-class batsmen as well. My sense is that it's going to be a really tough series for England. My sense is it is as well. I think it will depend a bit on the pitches. If they're very dry and turn a lot, then obviously I think the Indians will, will be better. But uh, if the pitches are, uh, when we get to a bit later in the series where we've had a bit more rain and the, the groundsmen have managed to get a bit of grass back on the pitches, I think that that will help England, even though the Indian seam attack is, is decent. But I think the England, you know, the masterly uh, abilities of, of Anderson and Broad in particular will be, be important. And, I, you know, if you just look at, I mean, Coley is going to be a huge factor and he knows it and England, of course, know it. His poor form in the last series here, averaging only 13, is obviously determined to, to, put, to, uh, to put that right. I just think that he will still be vulnerable. 
looking at his record uh, in countries where you know the ball does move around a bit, he does get caught in the slip cordon a lot. I watched a bit of his innings against Essex the other day. He still likes to plant his foot down the pitch and use his hands to steer swinging balls sort of outside off stump through square cover and doesn't really get his feet across. Obviously, he's got this amazing mindset, this incredible stamina, this desire to to win this series. It will kind of define him as, as, as a player and as a captain if, if India managed to win it. But I just think that, you know, if England can get into him a bit and get him out cheaply a few times, that will really undermine the rest of the Indian batting. And I don't think the rest of the Indian batting is that good. Uh, you know, there, there are, as I say, Pajara has struggled a bit in England. Good player, but mm. hasn't made many runs recently. The opening pair, Rahul is a talented player, but hasn't played here too much. Murli Vijay, I don't think is the player he was. Uh, you know, and then you're getting down to sort of people like Rahani at five, who is a is a bit like Ian Bell. He, he he plays some lovely shots, but can get out sort of playing a loose shot. So, and and you know they have got quite a long tail as well. Although Ashwin is a, is a talented batsman, so I think that that Indian batting isn't quite as good as they think it is. And if England can get into them, and particularly if they can keep Kohli quiet, then I think England could definitely win the series. Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely a persuasive argument about India's batting. I've got a feeling they've got enough to score runs over in England. I, I, my concern, if you look at it the other way, is that England have got problems as well. Jennings has just come back to the side. Um, Alistair Cook, uh, you know, got runs for, for the England Lions, but you know, he's, yeah. he's been very vulnerable mm. early on. Can he conquer that? Joe Root's batting at three. Does he really want to play there? David Milan, you know, averages 29 in his short Test match career. Ben Stokes is actually not in great form with the bat. Uh, Anderson and Broad, they, you know, are they the, the threat they once were? I mean, they're still they're still really fine bowlers. Um, but you know, Jimmy was talking before the series about, you know, it would be nice if it could rain a bit. You know, he, he knows that perhaps the conditions are not necessarily going to be in his favour. So, you know, and the backup bowling for England as well, question marks over Rashid or Moen or Sam Curran. So I think England have got lots of issues as well. Lots and lots of issues, as many issues, if not more, than this Indian side. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating series. You, you sound like Victor Meldrew, the way you're talking about England, as if they, they can't, they've never played a game before in their life. You know, they, they, we've got a guy, we've got our leading ever test wicket taker and our leading ever test I, run scorer, Alistair Cook, who's just made 180 against the Indian A team. So, and should be, the, the, these guys should be pretty fresh as well. I know they age isn't great. Obviously, in the case of Anderson and, and Cook, they're, they're not in their first flush of youth, but they've got so much experience, and there's no Indian who has that experience, that level of experience playing anywhere in the world, never mind in England. So I think obviously England need those prominent players, those prime players to stand up, including Joe Root, but I just got a feeling that some, someone will will produce a, a, a real body of runs. Hopefully it'll be Root and Cook and that England will get enough to put the Indians under pressure. If they don't get the runs, England, then they really could be struggling. So the key will be just the same as in Australia. If they don't get big runs, then the bowlers have got nothing to bowl with. 
Listen, I'm just saying as I as I see it. So I mean, I was you you had yeah, me when I, I know I know when I said that England were going to lose the Ashes four nil. You you accused me of being Victor Meldrew there and being really grumpy about England's chances. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. And look what right. look what happened. And anyway, they, yeah, those, yeah, you were proved right. The, the point I'm making is that I think England have got at least as many problems as India, if not more, and that's what makes it a, a fascinating series ahead. And of course, you know the weather conditions will play. A, Quite a big part of the pitches. What sort of pitches are we going to get? Uh, you rightly mm. say, you know, the, the pitch at the Oval in September for that Test match to play quite late in the English summer, you know, could be completely different from the ones we're seeing at the moment. And last time when India played at the Oval, England just blew them away. So, you know, there are lots of, lots of variables over the next few weeks. It's a series I, I, I really am looking forward to. I was really looking forward to the one-day series. In the end, actually, that was ultimately quite disappointing because the three matches <laughs> were very one-sided, weren't they? They were, you know, India won heavily the first one, England won the, the second and third ones really comprehensively as well. So what we need is some really tight test match cricket, really exciting, tense test cricket to really sort of capture our, our imaginations. Well, it's got a window opportunity before the Premier League starts. Anyway, the first test and a half so uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for what's going on we'll bring you a, a podcast after every day of the india test series as we say we can't wait for it hopefully you can't wait for it either we'll be back talking to you after the first day's play on wednesday in the meantime thanks for listening Podcast Network.